All right, it is good to see everybody here on this July 4th um, holiday. Um, we are glad that you are here. If you're visiting, please fill out a visitor's card with the information so we have a record of your visit. Um, today, as we're transitioning between one sermon series to another, and so uh, what we're going to talk about over the next five weeks, we're gonna, I'm going to preach about the entire Bible in five weeks. Uh, under, uh, under the theme of connection, all right, we're going we're gonna to keep that in mind, and we'll, t- we'll do the whole Bible in five weeks, five Sundays. All right, today, being July 4th, I thought we would talk about freedom a little bit today, um, but maybe not freedom in the Independence Day sense, but more in the biblical sense. Our scripture comes out of the Gospel of John, beginning in verse 31. Listen for the word of the Lord. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we, we shall be set free? Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. This is the word of God for the people of God. Some of you might have remember the movie Catch You If You Can. Catch Me If You Can. Remember that with uh, DiCaprio and Tom Hanks. I I wanted to say Selleck. I don't know why. Um, So uh, it was Frank Abnell, I think is how you pronounce his last name. And he was a genius at identity theft theft, right? He was, he was actually a doctor. He got jobs in these areas. He was a doctor. He was a pilot. He was a sociology professor. I mean, the list is long, and he get made a lot of money with a false identity, trying to be somebody that he's not. But what he did, he convinced people that he was who he said he was, and that he had the credentials he said he had. And so they, once he got them to accept his identity at whatever he was playing, then it was all downhill, right? That's all he needed them to do is to accept their identity. And that's, that's what Jesus, in the Gospel of John, it is all about Jesus and his identity. You know, if you look at the captions around 8 and chapter 8, chapter 9, it's all about who is Jesus, And there's all kinds of I am statements from Jesus. I am the truth, the way, and the life. I am the vine. I am the gate. Uh, I am the good shepherd. All of these I am's. So one of the major themes of the Gospel of John is the identity of Jesus. And not just Jesus teaching, but people debating. Who is Jesus? Is he the Messiah? Is he the Son of God? Is he the Christ? Or is he not? And so it was all about who Jesus is because unlike Frank, 
Jesus was who he said he was. And for us, that makes all the difference. Jesus either is who he says he is, and if he is, then all, everything that goes with that is true about our salvation, about um, eternal life, about redemption. All of it is true. And we are set free from so many things if Jesus is who he says he is. And so that's the major theme about, in the Gospel of John, about Jesus' identity. And we have to be careful that we don't try to make him something other. You see, we don't have an option. Jesus did not give us an option. He did not give his disciples. He did not give the people, whether they liked him, whether they believed him, whether they wanted him to be or not. He did not give them the option. He was either who he said he was, the Messiah, the Christ, or he was nuts. He was crazy. Some of you might have heard uh, C.S. Lewis' famous quote about this. C.S. Lewis says, I'm trying here to prevent anyone from saying anything really foolish that people often say about him, the Christ. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, they say. I don't accept the claim that he is God. This is just one thing that we cannot say or don't have the option to say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things that Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level of a man who says he's a poached egg, or else he would be the devil in hell. You must make a choice. Either this man is the son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can't shut him up as a fool. You can, you can shut him up as a fool. You can spit on him. You can kill him as a demon. Uh, you can fall on his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come up with this patronizing nonsense about him being a great human teacher. See, he didn't leave us that option. You either had to accept him as the Messiah or you had to reject him. And we know what happens. People would come and they would accept him and then they would reject him. But when we accept the truth, Jesus says the truth will set you free. He's talking about he is the truth. He is the way. He is the life. And when we accept all the truth about Jesus, then everything else falls into place. Everything else about our salvation and our redemption, and we are set free. It says the truth will set you free. Now, truth sets us free in all kinds of things, right? It, we, medicine. I had a, this is not a happy story, but it's a good illustration. My wife taught with this lady that knew there was something wrong, but she did not want to go to the doctor. She was afraid of doctors, and she did not want to hear, so she just ignored it. Turned out she had cancer, and she ignored it for a year. And then by the time they found out, and she was so sick, it was too late. The truth would have saved her life. And so the truth in all settings is going to set us free, is going to enlighten us. But when we're talking about Jesus Christ, it's going to set us free from sin and from death. It's going to set us free from the curse of the law. It's going to set us free from the fears and the anxiety that come with this world. Because 
In Christ, we have our salvation. In Christ, we have eternal life. In Christ, we are reconciled to a pure and holy God. And so in Christ, all things are made new. And we are set free, first from sin. You know, the famous theologian Bob Dylan said once, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're going to have to serve somebody. Well, it may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. And I don't know if he got that from Paul and Romans, but, but we are going to have to serve somebody. It, scripture tells us that it's not if we're going to be a slave to something, it's we have a choice of what we're going to be a slave to. We can either be a slave to sin and the world and our worldly desires, the flesh, or we can be a slave and really that gets upgraded to a child of God. And we serve him. And we are obedient to him. We, we get a choice. We don't get a choice. We're, we're going to have to serve somebody. But is it going to be God or is it going to be the world? Because we might think we're free, but we're all in bondage to something. You know, sometimes it's obvious, like maybe there's an addiction, drugs or alcohol that, that rule our lives and dictate what we do or how we act and what we go. It, it might be money. It might be power. It might um, be, all right, let, let, all right, this is a menial example, but let me ask you, anybody in here, and you, you can name the food or drink that life wouldn't be like so for my wife. Wife would not, or life would not be worth living if there wasn't diet Dr. Pepper. <laughs> right? Okay, we got a couple of those, right? If you didn't have diet Dr. Pepper in your week, it would be a bad week. Day, day, <laughs> it'd be a bad day, right? Well, let me tell you, you're a slave to diet Dr. Pepper. There's worse things, but you see, things that, that stuff rules our heart and it dictates us. And, and there's all things we can be uh, kind of addicted to and, and that rules our lives. There's a variety of things. But when we receive Jesus Christ, we can be set free from those things that have a hold on us. Those things that govern us and rule us, we can be set free from that. We are redeemed, and as we are sanctified and we're justified in Christ, and the power of the Holy Spirit transforms our hearts, we begin to change and transform, and we no longer need to be governed by stuff of the world or our hearts or our desires. The closer to Christ we get, the less of this world we need or we desire because all we need is Christ. And we got to be careful as Christians that we don't make, um, pervert the gospel and, and come to Jesus to get stuff from Jesus, right? Jesus doesn't, Jesus wants us to want him, to want Jesus, not to get stuff from Jesus, right? I want a Jesus. And the more Jesus we have, the less of this world we want or we need or we desire. And so we're set free from that that holds us. 
And we're set free from our fears. Scripture says perfect love drives out fear. And when we know, when we accept the truth about Jesus, that Jesus is who he says he is, and he can do what he says he can do and has done, then we are set free from our fears because he loves us and he died for us. No greater love than one would give their life to another, for another. And Jesus gave his life that we might have life. So we do not need to fear sin, the, 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 the things of this world, or death itself. So we're set free from fear. We're set free from the law. All right, this is a little tricky. All right. That doesn't mean that the law, Paul goes into this in Romans, doesn't mean that the law's bad. We should, the law is given to us for our own good. It was given to the Israelites for their own good. Jesus, or, or God told them before they were going in the promised land, said, follow these laws and it'll keep you where you need to be in right relationship with me. You don't keep the laws, you're gonna stray from me and you're gonna begin to worship other gods and follow this world. So law, the law is good, but it can't save us. We can't be justified before God by the law. In Galatians, this is one of my favorite subjects. I know it's not everybody else's, but it's one of mine. Um, in Galatians chapter 3, it says, For all those who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. It is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Clearly, no one who relies on the law is justified before God because righteousness will, the righteous will live by faith. Ephesians 2.8 says that we live by faith. It, it, that our salvation, our justification is a free gift given to us through grace by faith so that no one can boast. We can't earn our own salvation. That's one of the points of the Old Testament, right? That the Israelites were chosen. One of the reasons they were chosen to tell us, to show us how humanity can't be good enough, our faithfulness, our righteous enough. We can't follow the law. We can't be good enough on our own. It's one of the lessons we learn from the Old Testament, and it points us to Jesus uh, the Savior. And so it, it's saying it, the law is a curse if we try to use it to justify ourselves before God. Because if you got to fight, in Galatians, they were talking about circumcision. They said, you need to be circumcised. Paul says, no. How did you first believe? Was it by faith or the law? And if you're going to try to justify yourself by the law, you got to follow the whole law and you can't do it. And that becomes a burden. This is another warning for Christians when we talk about freedom in Christ. Oftentimes churches, and it could be a moralistic church, it could be a social justice church, it could be liberal progressive, it could be conservative. All of these will take on a form of the law that you got to do this and God will bless you or God will give you or God, you know, Jesus will give you that, give you stuff. And it's no, that's not it. It is by faith. It is by faith. And so we can't justify ourselves before God. And it becomes a burden when we begin to tell people, you must do this instead of you are loved and you are forgiven because what Christ has already done for you. 
You hear it a lot when we stay, say stuff like, I, I need to pray for God to forgive me. Uh, no. God's already forgiven you. You need to, the, the forgiveness is there. The grace is sitting there waiting for you. All you have to do is repent and turn towards it and receive it because it's already been done for you. It's not about what you do. Christianity is not about what you do. It's about what has been done for you in Christ. Now, there will be doing. There will be works. But it's not, works aren't the root of our salvation. They're the fruit of our salvation. Right? It, we do it because we're transformed and we want to serve God, and God has changed our heart. and transformed. So we're free from the curse of the law, the burden of the law. And as Christians, we can't, uh, and as a church and as pastors, we can't load up burdens on people. It is supposed to be free, and grace frees us and takes our burden. Jesus says, my burden is light. He's not talking about the burden of sin. He's talking about the burden of the law. Because the Pharisees and the religious leaders were telling him, do this, do this, do this. He said, no, no, it's been done already. So we are free from sin. We are free from fear. We are free from the law, the burden of the law, the curse of the law. So we are free from all of that so that we might live in relationship with Christ. That we might, again, not do a bunch of things and not want stuff from Christ, but we're free to serve him. We're free to be in the presence of God, a holy God through Christ. We're free to go to God in prayer. We're free from all the burdens that sin brings from the fear of death in this world, from all of that, we are set free. And Jesus says, if the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. And so when we're feeling overwhelmed, when we're feeling like we're not good enough, when we're feeling like we're not worthy, that we don't measure up, that's true, you don't. Right? You don't. But because of Christ, we do. We do. That's the good news. The good news, the bad news is we can't do it, and we're in bondage to self and sin in this world. The good news is Christ has set us free. And so when we think about Fourth of July and our freedoms and we appreciate all that we have in this country. We might be free as a country, but so many of us are still living in bondage to sin, to this world, to the flesh. And it might control the body, but it distorts the soul. And so, like Josh was saying earlier, what, we're all going through stuff. You might be in a place where things are going pretty smooth. Or you might be struggling with something. When you come to church, you got to make sure that, remember, whatever it is, if it's fear, if it's anxiety, if it's anger, if it's addiction, if it's relationship problems, whatever it is, Jesus has paid the price. Jesus came that we might be reconciled to God and one another, that we might be forgiven and that we can forgive. And so 
We should never leave church with what we brought in. You should leave it here at the altar because Jesus has already set us free from that. As we come to communion, remember what that represents. It's what Jesus did. He, he gave his life. He gave his body. His, he shed his blood that we might have life, that we might be set free from sin and from fear and from anxieties and from death in the law. And if Jesus went to the cross and gave his life that we might have life. If Jesus set us free, we are free indeed. Let us pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for your grace, for your mercy, for your patience. Lord, with us that just struggle and struggle and just don't give it to you. So Lord, help us to realize you've done the work. You've accomplished it. You said it is finished. So Lord, help us not to waste the gift that you have given us, but help us to give you what holds us. Those things that bind us, those things that uh, enslave us, that keep us in bondage, Lord. Help us to know that you have set us free. Lord, as we come to your table, I pray that you would bless this, that you would bless this time and that you would speak to us through this holy sacrament. It's in Jesus' name, amen.